Welcome to episode number 67 of Off the Shelf. War in my mind There's a war in my mind Seeking each fight That is howling all the time There's a Grace and peace to all of our listeners from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. A lot has happened over the past number of months, including my official retirement as president of Power to Change on March the 12th, 2021. I hope to spend a lot more time putting podcasts together and also releasing a number of videos on YouTube. We'll let you know when these are going to be published. Last year, I agreed to a debate with Message Pastor Jesse Smith from Akron, Ohio. C.J. Cox, a Message follower, and Tim Krause, one of the co-hosts of this podcast, agreed to act as moderators. After going around a bit, we all felt that a discussion format was more appropriate than a formal structured debate, and we recorded it on September the 12th, 2020. We initially published the debate on the Believe the Sign channel on YouTube, but I also wanted to publish it on Off the Shelf. I will be releasing the debate on Off the Shelf in seven episodes over the next seven weeks, one episode per week. You can listen to the full debate on YouTube, but I know many people prefer the podcast format. Jay Cox starts off this episode by introducing their participants, and then you will hear Jesse Smith and myself provide our opening comments. Shalom, friends, and thank you very much for watching this. Uh, blessings to you all in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I would say welcome to Unapologetics, but this is not actually that. This is uh, We are hosting a debate today, actually. Many of you are aware of this because this has been something we've been excited about for quite some time. But we are having—it's not really a debate. I, gotta, I should temper my language here and actually put it forward to what it actually is. We are going to have a discussion today— about whether or not William Branham was a prophet, specifically whether or not he was what his followers claim him to be, the Elijah prophet of the last age, the seventh-day angel uh, of the Church of Laodicea, and so on and so forth. And we're very excited to have that, so thank you guys very much for joining us today. I'm C.J. Cox, joined here today with Rod Bergen of Believe the Sign, Pastor Jesse Smith of the Bride of Christ Fellowship, and Tim Krause here as well, who's going to be helping me moderate this conversation and we're all just very happy to be having you guys and then real quick before we move any forward or move any more forward go ahead and say uh hello and shalom if you guys would like hey uh, thanks a lot cj this is tim kraus i'm a former message believer i attended the cloverdale bible way assembly in cloverdale canada where i met rod gosh some number of years ago i left the message subsequently and and then uh, got caught up with Rod again. Since having been in the message, I have been ordained as a minister in the Foursquare Church. 
and proud to be able to sit and chat with you guys. I'm really glad that we were able to put this together. And I'd like to introduce Rod, if I may, and then give you a chance to introduce Pastor Smith as well. Rod Bergen is a CPA from the Vancouver area in British Columbia, Canada. He was raised in a oneness Pentecostal church, started attending a message service church when he was 18 years old. Rod was a senior partner with one of the world's largest accounting firms and in 1998 joined Canada's second largest private company as a senior executive. He was in the message for 40 years, spending most of that time as a trustee and a song leader at one of the largest message churches in North America. Rod's son Jeremy started the Believe the Sign website in 2007 to promote the message of William Branham, but in August of 2012 published an article entitled Humble Pie, in which he apologized for having promoted a false doctrine. Rod retired from the corporate world in 2012, took a year off to re-engage with his Christian faith. In 2013, he joined Power to Change, a large Christian ministry that's the Canadian affiliate of Crew and Campus Crusade for Christ. Rod is currently the president of Power to Change and also co-hosts the Off the Shelf podcast along with myself and Emily Arndt. Rod is married with four kids, eight grandkids, all of whom are no longer in the message. So that's Rod and that's me. All righty. We'll go ahead and give a little bit of an introduction here for Pastor Smith as well. By the way, I just want to let everybody both in the room and the audience know my camera will periodically decide that it doesn't want to work. My audio is still here if that happens, and I am definitely still here, but I just have that happen. I figure I should let you guys know about that. Nonetheless, so we are here joined today with Pastor Jesse Smith of Bride of Christ Fellowship in Ohio. My first personal experience with Pastor Smith is actually as the I almost refer to him as the message apologist, having found on YouTube videos where he was actually going out of his way to address some of the criticisms levied against what is commonly referred to as the message, namely the teachings of William Branham, as well as William Branham's prophethood status as, as well. The first video I recall seeing of this was, I think you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, Pastor Jesse, but about 2013 area. That's right. And yeah, and it was done actually as direct response, actually, it's interesting, this has come full circle, a direct response actually to Rod Bergen and Believe the Sign. So to a certain extent, this has been a long time coming. I don't have so much of the more detail-rich oriented stuff, but what I do know in, in this regard is that this has been something that I think both for myself and for Pastor Smith has definitely been almost a calling. Right. To the point of where like this, if, if nothing else gets done in this particular in this particular YouTube sphere for us, the fact that we actually have a conversation on this matter, which I believe to be a most vital of matters, is indeed a, a huge win for the cause of Christ. And let me say, too, plainly, that is regardless of who is right, because if William Branham is a prophet, we should be following him. And if he's not a prophet, then there are Christian brothers and sisters who need to get out. And regardless of which side you come down on, I believe this conversation is vitally important, so I want to point that out. But nonetheless, that has been something that I think not only Pastor Smith, a couple others, Owen Jorgensen is somebody who comes to mind, right? We're starting to see a little bit of a rise here in what I would term a message apologetics. And I appreciate it. I think Pastor Smith, to a certain extent, is the leader in that, whether or not that was the intention. That is, That does seem to be the way things have established themselves just by virtue of taking the initiative. And 
I greatly do appreciate that. And with that, I'll end the introduction there of Pastor Smith. And maybe unless there's anything that the speakers would like to say before we get started, we can jump into a brief prayer. Let's go. Sounds good. All righty. So, Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to have this video today, Lord Jesus. I want to thank you for the opportunity to speak with these gentlemen, Lord, all three of them. I pray, Lord, that you fill us all with the Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, and guide us so that this video is used for nothing more than glorification of you, Lord Jesus, and not glorification of any man, none of the speakers, nor the man in question here today, Lord Jesus, but glorification of you and you alone as the Most High and Supreme God. I pray that if William Branham is your prophet today, that he is vindicated 100%, and I pray that if he is not, that we leave this area knowing full well that he is not, so that your truth and only your truth may be proclaimed in this video. I ask these things in Jesus Christ's holy name, and we give you the glory. Amen. 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 All righty, and so with that, I will start our 10-minute timer here. Again, if my camera cuts out, fret not, I am still here. It is just simply video that is not here. Also, we do have an extra moderator here with Mr. Krause. They fret not in either of those ways, but nonetheless, I'm going to go ahead and jump right into that. Your 10 minutes, Pastor Smith, will begin right about now. All right. Well, thank you. Somebody gave me a wave when I got one minute left, okay? My notes are over here on another screen, so I'm looking over there. I'm grateful to have this discussion. I have viewed all of Believe the Signs YouTube videos over the years, and I've listened to most of their podcasts. I respect uh, the fact that you want to fulfill First Timothy or First Peter three fifteen, Acts seventeen eleven, searching the scriptures daily whether these things be so. I think that's of utmost importance, and all glory in all of our lives should go to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Um, apart from Him, we can do nothing. John fifteen five. And if I don't have a, a full answer, like I said, I just got these questions two days ago. Then please forgive me. And I'll do my best to follow up on it later, whether it's email or another conversation. I like the idea of just having a conversation rather than debate. I'm not much of a debater. I didn't have a debate class in high school, so I'm not much of a debater. But I'll start by defining the message, what I consider the message to be. And I know it's different from many people. The message to me is what Brother Branham said in The Rapture 1965. He said, the message is God's promise of this hour what he promised, what he would do, and we see him scripturally vindicating just exactly what he said he would do. So to me, the message of the hour that I follow is the Bible scriptures, the true revelation of the Bible. So the message to me is not Brother Branham's opinions. It's not every word on Brother Branham's tapes. I believe it's heresy to say every word on Brother Branham's tapes is thus saith the Lord or infallible. Brother Branham called that Tommy Rot. He called it one of the most awfulest things. He said, and Brother Branham was also open to correction. I don't know how much because I wasn't there, but I do have quotes. He said, test me by the word. He said, prove all things. And there are quotes where he said, say what the tapes say, but we know that's not every word. He didn't say every word I said. I understand that means the revelations from the Bible because Brother Branham obviously grew in revelation of the Bible. And so we have, I, as a message follower, I have a right to, or I have, I have the duty to rightly divide the word of truth within Brother Branham's sermons and take everything back to the word, just like Acts 17, 11 says. Next, 
the scripture foretold restoration at the end time. And I know I'm short on time, but when we put all these scriptures together, we come to this conclusion, and I'll list the scriptures first. Acts 3, 20 and 21, Matthew 17, 11, Malachi 4, 5 and 6, Revelation 10, 7, Amos 3, 7, and Luke 17, 30. When I put all those scriptures together, this is my understanding. Jesus will remain in heaven and not physically return to the earth until all things, including Bible doctrines and the hearts of believers, are restored to the original apostolic conditions by the preaching of a prophet anointed with the spirit of Elijah. So though, that's why I believe the message there. I'm sorry, I just got to call my screen. Sorry, let me freeze that. So that's the scriptural foundation, I believe, for William Branham's prophecy right out of the scripture. I know there's multiple historians that say Brother Branham spearheaded the post-World War II revival. I just bought a dictionary about that. Beginning in 1946, he was the pace setter of the revival. Those Pentecostal historians call him the, the giant of the age, with Oral Roberts being the second giant. And so uh, next, I would just say that I do believe God hides himself. The uh, Proverbs said God hides himself from the eyes of the wise and prudent, but he will truly reveal himself to anyone who has a genuine hunger and thirst for righteousness. And I believe God is doing that today, obviously, still. One thing I want to say, too, is that Brother Branham, as a prophet, he gave us, thus saith the Lord, on doctrine, which is extremely crucial, prophecy, which I believe at least three, three of them are coming to pass right now in the process of coming to pass, and then also future prophecy. So how much time do I got, Brother Jay? You're halfway. Okay, okay, thank you, about five minutes, okay. Sorry, my microphone was muted. Yeah, it's five minutes. Oh yeah, no problem. So I'll just go quickly through them. You know, as a prophet, Brother Bram gave us, thus saith the Lord, on the Godhead, on Israel's blindness to their own Messiah, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the seven church ages, the seven seals, the Roman Catholic Church as the mother harlot of Revelation 17, and the Antichrist spirit spoken of uh, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Also, he gave us eight individual doctrines, as thus saith the Lord, the water baptism in the literal name of the Lord Jesus Christ, marriage and divorce, Ancient Rome uh, morphing into Papal Rome in Revelation 13, who purposely dress sexy will have to answer for that as having the wrong seductive spirit. That's thus saith the Lord. A woman who cuts her hair cannot be born again. That's thus saith the, the scripture. Brother Ram's message from God would restore the hearts. That's thus saith the Lord according to Joel 2, 23 to 26. And the Elijah coming of the Elijah messenger to the Gentile was thus saith the Lord as well. Now, the prophecies that were in the process of coming to pass, I listed three of them. The one about the preview of the bride, the preview of the bride with the American church turning into this rock and roll loving, sin loving group. I believe that's currently coming to pass, foretold beforehand. Brother Ram said the last sign before the rapture to the Gentiles would be his ministry, and no, there'd be no greater ministry. I believe that's come into pass. That's withstood the test of time. And he said, no denomination, thus saith the Lord, would return to the apostolic teachings 
such as the water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and more. And then there's many future prophecies that I have on a separate video. I'm probably running out of time. So let me say this. I've heard numerous podcasts of Rod and one good question I asked, I like that he asked is, what has the message done for you? Or now in his case, it'd be what, you know, how do you feel since you left the message? But for me, what has the message done for me? It's done tremendous things for me. It's given me what I believe a true relationship between myself and the Lord Jesus Christ, because I was raised in a denominational church where there's the anointing. My mom was healed of cancer, liver, liver cancer in 1988. So I'd seen miracles and I'd seen supernatural things, speaking in tongues, interpretations. I grew up seeing that, but I didn't see the life of holiness, uh, a, a life that was dedicated to the doctrine of the word of God. So that's what the message has done for me. You know, I had long hair when I come to message, I cut my hair because I didn't want to look anything like a woman. I didn't want to bring any shame upon anyone. As soon as I was baptized in the name of Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus took my cussing away. So the message of the hours brought me out of my denominational creed where we believe tongues was the evidence. And I'm, and I'm not putting any shame on anybody. Please know I'm, I'm, I want to be a very loving person. I don't want to condemn anybody. I just want to be against false things and stand for what I believe to be the truth. Through the message, God delivered me from my addiction, such as pornography, cigarettes, chewing tobacco, drinking alcohol, idolizing sports figures, watching sports watching sinful movies. I watched WWE wrestling. I would overeat on food, like all these addictions I had. The power of the message. One minute, okay. The power of the message has pointed me to the Bible. Like Brother Bram said, he wanted to point us to the absolute, the word of God. And so that's what the message has done to me. It's brought a true relationship between the Lord Jesus Christ and myself. And I thank the Lord for that. And I'll just stop right there. Thank you very much for that, Pastor Smith. I got about 36 seconds to spare, but like we said, we're not going too harsh with that. Let me set this up again so that we give Mr. Bergen here the proper time. All right, I got this ready, and you are good in three, two, go. Thanks. Thanks, Jesse and Jay. As Tim indicated, I was in the message for almost 40 years. The majority of those years spent at probably the largest message church in North America with certainly more than 800 people in the congregation. And I can tell you, I believe the message wholeheartedly, and notwithstanding that it caused some significant conflict with my parents who brought me up in a oneness Pentecostal church. I had no significant issues with the doctrines of the message and was a trustee and song leader for almost the whole of my time in the message. In 2012, I found out that the pastor of our the, the pastor of our church had covered up the sexual abuse of a minor. And what caused me to begin to question the message was not the fact that our pastor had committed this terrible act, nor that he had lied to me about it on several occasions. I understand that leaders can fail. What caused me concern was the unbiblical response to this grievous sin from the many message pastors that I knew. None of them seemed to care about proper church discipline, Matthew 18, 15 to 17, or uh, 1 Timothy 5, 19 to 20. From my perspective, there were two potential causes for this failure. Either there was a problem with the message itself, or message ministers had perverted William Branham's message. The logical place for me to start was to confirm that the message was true. The first problem we encountered was two prophecies of William Branham's death, which were given by 
a lady by the name of Anna Schrader, who William Branham admitted had the gift of prophecy, and by Kenneth Hagin. The detailed research is on our website, but we confirmed that both of these individuals prophesied William Branham's death in 1963. Now, please understand, this doesn't mean that we follow Kenneth Hagin or anyone else. It simply means that we confirmed that the prophecies took place before the event. The problem was that both of these prophecies stated that William Branham had fallen into error. And so the question was, what might this error be? We started examining things that we had previously taken for granted to be true. Things that people we trusted said were true. And we looked at the visions that William Branham said were vindications, that he was a prophet. The Municipal Bridge vision, the visions of the meetings in South Africa, the vision of the brown bear, all of these visions failed. Almost all the visions that William Branham had were only made public after the fact, which means they can't really be classified as prophecies. We came to understand that there was not a single, clear, unambiguous vision that William Branham related before the fact that was later fulfilled in a clear manner. And I can't tell you how disturbing this was to us. I started to have significant issues with doubt. A single sentence in uh, preface to Tim Keller's book, The Reason for God, changed my life. He said this, faith without some doubts is like a human body without any antibodies in it. A doubt can actually protect us. If I doubted nothing, then I would have to be a Mormon, a JW, and a Buddhist. I would believe everything and anything. But as Keller said, believers should acknowledge and wrestle with doubts, not only their own, but their friends and neighbors. Only if you struggle long and hard with objections to your faith will you be able to provide the grounds for your beliefs to skeptics, including yourself, that are plausible rather than ridiculous or offensive. And so my motto became, question everything, assume nothing. The next difficulty we ran into related to William Branham's credibility. We discovered a letter from Roy Davis, William Branham's first pastor, that showed that William Branham's story about his introduction to Pentecostalism was false. And we started checking out the stories that William Branham had told. We found out that many of the stories changed dramatically over time. When someone tells a story, it might change slightly over time. I get that. But dramatic shifts in facts usually mean that the original story wasn't true. As Mark Twain said, if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. Examples of this would be his story about the man from Windsor, which we did a video on. Not once in his myriad tellings of the story are the facts the same. The story of the light over the Ohio River in 1933 is similar. William Branham stated after he preached the church ages that the Holy Spirit revealed and opened to him all the mysteries of the seven church ages. But the truth is he copied verbatim almost all the details of the church ages from a book by Clarence Larkin. This is referred to as plagiarism, which God condemns in Jeremiah 23:30. He says, I, the Lord, affirm that I am opposed to those prophets who steal messages from one another that they claim are for me. And that is what William Branham did. He stole the seven church age doctrine from Clarence Larkin and said it was from God. He never gave Larkin credit for this and only mentioned him seven months after preaching the seven church ages and stated that he disagreed with Larkin. Now, as a school teacher, Jesse, you would not tolerate plagiarism in your students. Why would you tolerate it in your prophet? And while William Branham stated that he only preached what Paul preached, we have scores of examples of where William Branham disagreed with the plain wording of Scripture. 
A cult can be defined as a religious group founded by and built upon the teachings of a religious leader whose authority is viewed as being equal to or greater than the Bible and whose teachings are in opposition to the doctrines of biblical and historic Christianity. As Jay said, and this was the statement we agreed to talk about, Jesse, you believe that William Branham was not only a prophet, but specifically he was the messenger to the church of the latest 314, the Elijah prophet, fulfilling Malachi 4, 5 to 6, and the angel of Revelation 10, 7. But if you believe this, you must exalt William Branham's teaching above the Bible. There are some people I understand, as Jay mentioned, that, and you mentioned, that believe every word that William Branham uttered was inspired. I, I understand, Jesse, that you don't believe this. However, you might state emphatically that the Bible is your absolute and not William Branham. I don't know how this can be true. So I would ask you, if you could tell us where you disagree with William Branham's message, because if there is no disagreement with what he taught, then by definitions, you hold his teachings above Scripture. You can't disagree with them. You exalt William Branham's message above the Bible. Now, there is a place in the church for prophets, those with the gift of prophecy. But the purpose of the gift is to equip God's people for works of service and to bring unity to the church, as we read in Ephesians 4.11. William Branham did not bring unity, and he did not equip the church for works of service. In fact, it's just the opposite. He brought division to the church, and his followers are insular and self-focused. They're not focused on works of service. True followers of Jesus should be pointing people to Jesus Christ and the Bible, and not to some self-appointed prophet and his books. So, let me conclude. William Branham led us to believe that he was a great prophet, an Old Testament prophet. But three things prove that this could not be true. First, the only visions he ever related publicly before the fact all failed. As such, he cannot be compared to any biblical prophets. He is a failure in any way you would measure a prophet. Second, he was not credible. He said numerous things over the pulpit on repeated occasions that were simply not true. He is either a liar or someone who had a callous disregard for the truth. And third, Many of his core doctrines were not biblical and were rejected by the church. Also, he did not bring any clarity, but brought confusion. Simply look at his followers and you will see the massive confusion. Those that follow him are members of a cult because they exalt his teachings over scripture. Now, I cannot judge William Branham. God is his judge. But the New Testament requires that the church judge his visions, his prophecies, his credibilities, and his teaching. Deuteronomy 28, 19 to 22 is very clear, and I will read it appropriately from Eugene Peterson's uh, The Message Bible. You may be wondering among yourselves, how can we tell the difference whether it was God who spoke or not? Here's how. If what the prophet spoke in God's name doesn't happen, then obviously God wasn't behind it. The prophet made it up. Forget about him. I believe we should simply ignore William Branham. The only people who know who William Branham was are primarily his followers, and their numbers are shrinking rapidly. We should forget William Branham and his message. As I stated before, I cannot judge William Branham. God is his judge. But I certainly would not want to be in his shoes. That's it. Thanks, Jay. Uh, thank you. And about the exact same amount of time to spare, about 36 seconds. So that's somewhat... I guess we'll say the the divine hand of God there in a little way. A bit in the future on some of these questions. <laughs> <laughs>
That brings us to the end of part one of the debate. We will be releasing the remaining episodes over the next six weeks. As always, if you have any questions, please go to our website at offtheshelf.life. There is space for comments and questions at the bottom of each episode. Or you can send me an email at rod at offtheshelf.life. Thank you very much for listening. And remember that God loves you and is not afraid of your questions. Have a great week. War in my mind I got war in my mind A lot of war in my mind